0: Welcome, um, I'm Julie Matisse. I'm the children's ministry director here and ministry assistant. They wanted my face in front of all of you, so that's why I'm up here today. Um, but if you're new, welcome. Um, we'd love to get to know you. You can either, there's a QR code with an online form or go to the connect table in the back and we will love to give you a gift. Um, this week we have a lot of announcements So, you can find them on the QR code on our website, app, or our spring calendar is out. So, you can find those in the lobby, and that has all of the information of what I'm going to say. So, you don't need to really listen. (laughs) Um, So, this Tuesday is Pub Theology. Uh, It's at Hudsonville Grill at 6.30 p.m., If you have any questions, uh, talk to Noah, my husband back there. He is kind of the go-to guy for that. Next Sunday is our pajama party for kids. So, kids, don't even need to change your clothes before church. Just wear your pajamas to church. Uh, I'll also be wearing my pajamas. Thankfully, I'm not up here next week. Um, And then
1: spring-forward Sunday? Yes.
0: Your clocks will change, but your outfits don't have to. Um, (laughs) And then we have... Sunday afternoon next week is our high school hangout at the Dupuis house so it's for our high schoolers there will be games and pizza and um, if you need the address talk to Corey and then in two weeks is wine and theology for the women Uh, more details will come for that later but yeah so thank you for worshipping with us Um, I'm going to hand it off to Dan to
1: sing. Thanks Julie thanks Julie why don't you guys stand with us As we prepare to worship and sing to our God, we're going to, yeah, just enjoy His presence today and exclaim that He is the King of kings, the Lord of lords, and just, yeah, just be in His goodness and enjoy Him today. So let's worship together. you gave your life for mine nailed to the cross you crucified all my sin and shame it was washed by your mercy you are the treasure i
2: find it's my reason for living so Was torn apart Now you hold the keys to the grave
1: for you I live my hands up they my whole life my whole life now is for you Praise the Son and praise the Spirit you are the king of kings lord of lords We're thankful for who you are in our lives today Jesus what you did for us on the cross and God we lay ourselves down before you we humble ourselves before you thank you that you are such an intimate God that knows us so well And God we draw close to you Take a seat.
3: Good morning, Sunrise. How are we doing? So this morning we're going to be uh, continuing on our Lenten series, A Journey to Bless, out of Mark chapter 10, verse 16. So we're going to look primarily at verse 16 today, but we're also going to look a little bit at the surrounding uh, passage. If you'd like to open up your copy of the Scriptures to that, that'd be great. but a journey to bless. And we're going to start uh, with this very familiar sort of verse, and it says, And he took the children in his arms, placed his hands on them, and blessed them. The he here is, of course, Jesus. Um, And and in this passage, it, it tells us something of the heart of Jesus as he is inclined to the children and those who brought the children to him to be blessed. Now, there's something special, is there not, about a person who blesses our kids. For them, for the blesser, for the person who does something for our children or the children that we love, for for the blesser, it might be something simple. It might be a, a, a nothing in their mind, but for you and for me, it becomes a divine moment that we never forget, a frozen sacred snapshot in our minds. For Amy and I, we, we've had significant health scares for all three of our children, and by God's grace, all of those scares ended up being just that, scares. But, but in the moment of uncertainty and unknowing, the weight of our children's potential facing a life-altering altering health problem, in a word, was overwhelming. Anybody ever been there? Michaela's, where's, oh, she's here, Good. She gets really agitated when I mention her and she's not here. She also gets agitated when I mention the boys and she's not here, or even if she is here. So, Michaela's came when she was less than a year old. We, we had taken her to the doctor because she didn't seem to be, be- developing upper body strength uh, the way that she so- should. We would lay her on her belly for tummy time, and she wouldn't push up. She wouldn't pick her head up. She would just kind of lay there like a lump, yelling. Now, being the third child, we, uh, we let this go an obscenely long time, right? Those of you that have more than one children, you kind of know this. You're like, oh, yeah. By the time number three comes along, you just kind of bring them up by the hair of the head, and that's kind of where we were. Uh, but, but finally, uh, we took her to the pediatrician to get this checked out, and, and, and when Amy showed up at the church office that day to tell me what the doctor had said, um, it was... It was so far out of my expectations that I didn't really know how to respond, and, and, and the words that she said didn't even register. She had to repeat herself several times before it sank in because I kept asking, what do you mean dystrophy? What do you mean dystrophy in her shoulders? Until finally she spelled it out and said, muscular dystrophy. They think she might have muscular dystrophy, and there we stood, scared and confused, And if you've ever gotten this information or information like this, you know what it's like to experience that strange paralysis of mind and body. We didn't know what to do. But thank God Pastor Kathy did. Now, now Kathy wasn't really a pastor. Uh, Kathy was our church administrator at the time, and she had actually made a transition from the bank to the church because she was working on her master's degree in counseling. Um, As a 60-year-old grandmother, Kathy decided to go back to school to start her second career, and Kathy was a mother and a grandmother who had known more than her share of pain and suffering. You see, she knew what it was like to struggle through the process of child-rearing, and she had been led by God's grace through deep waters of trouble and pain and suffering, and she had come out the other side. It was Kathy that God placed on our path that day. For she possessed the necessary faith and strength that comes only through being tested by fire, and in Kathy's case, it was a literal fire that she still bore the scars from her hands. Her hands were still scarred 40 years later from pulling Vicki out of the fiery car crash. Those scarred hands that beat the flames into the submission that day, that engulfed her little girl. Those blistered, scarred hands that cradled that same precious little bundle as they rushed her to the hospital. Those scarred hands reached out to Amy and me that day. They took Michaela and they spread out the little green blanket on that ugly orange shag carpet that was in the church office. Those scarred hands set Michaela on that blanket And they touched her little shoulders and they prayed. Pastor Kathy knew what it was like to bless people. We find ourselves in this passage where where people were bringing the little children to Jesus. It comes in in the context, it comes in the context of of a larger passage. Yeah, there we go. The people were bringing the little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them, but the disciples rebuked them. The people, those who were a part of the faithful community who had heard Jesus teach, who had seen him minister, they were bringing the children to him for the purpose of ritualistic blessing. Um, This was common in Jesus' day. It was actually a part of the law. As a part of the law, fathers were responsible to lay their hands on their children and to bless them. And in this particular context, in Jesus' day, it wasn't just fathers who would bless the children, but oftentimes what would happen is that people would bring their children to rabbis to have them blessed. Now again, folks, th- think about this in, in our context of, of, of perhaps a baby dedication or a baptism or something like that, where, where we bring forward a child for a means or a, an encounter of grace with the church, with the religious believing community. And this was akin to what was happening here, but, but, but the disciples rebuked the people who were bringing their children. The language here is very strong. It's it's the same language Mark uses to describe the rebuke of the disciples for the parents or guardians that were bringing their children. It's the same language that he uses to talk about Jesus when he speaks to the wind. Jesus rebuked the wind and the waves. It's the same language that he uses to talk of Jesus when he speaks to the demons who are crying out and bringing a distraction to Jesus' miraculous ministry. Harsh and strong language. The harsh and strong language continues as we move through. And it says, when Jesus saw this, he was indignant. When Jesus saw the disciples rebuking these people who were bringing their children, he became indignant. Uh, indignant is a fine word to translate this, but if you have ever seen the mama bear come out of a protective mother whose child is being treated unfairly or, or abusively, the, the irate, the, the, ir, the irateness of that mama bear is actually what's being talked about here. You could translate this, Jesus became irate at how these people and these children were being treated. For the disciples were doing something that was very unkingdom They were putting up barriers between those who wanted to come to Jesus to experience His touch and His love. They were putting up barriers because they thought that they knew better who deserved the touch and the embrace of Jesus than Jesus Himself did. And then the passage goes on. Then he said to them, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. Don't put roadblocks in front of them. Why? For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. This has got me thinking. It's got me thinking this, this week. What does it mean that the kingdom of God belongs to such as these? Well, it, it, it means that it's not based upon our efforts or our age or our pedigree or our education, right? Any of the things that we prize so highly, it's, it's not based upon our, our, our courage or our steadiness. It's not based upon the things that, that we look at and we measure true holiness by. It's measured by whatever it was that these little children and their parents possessed. Truly, I tell you, Jesus goes on Anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. As I pondered these verses, I was kind of reminded of a, of a truth that we often don't like to, to admit, and, and that is this, is that each and every one of us carry around inside of us a little, broken, bent, afraid child. Every one of us has that little dentist or that little Dan that's inside of us, right? And, and sometimes they get mad and they shake their little fists, and sometimes they stomp their little feet. But, but every one of us know what it's like to be kept at arm's length. Every one of us know what it is like to, to experience what these little children experienced because all of us have the same need that each and every one of these little ones had. We need to encounter Jesus. The difference, I think, this week when I encountered this passage of Scripture with, 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 with other weeks is quite often I'll, I'll put myself in, in the spot of the disciples, right? And I can see that, right? I can see where I have functioned like the disciples functioned, or I'll put myself in the spot of those who, who brought the little children. But the thing that the Holy Spirit, I think, was inviting me and potentially is inviting us to do today is to not necessarily, necessarily see ourselves as the disciples, although He may be, it's not necessarily to put ourselves in the situation of those who bring those little needy ones to Jesus, but to see ourselves as the ones who need to be carried before the Son of God. You see, the reality is that I am one of those little ones and so are you. We are the ones who are in need of blessing. Matthew chapter 5, that we're going to look at a little bit later in our groups, talks about we are all ones who find ourselves in a state of mourning who need to be comforted. Who find ourselves captured by the reality of being poor in spirit, where, where, where we feel like a no good, dirty, rotten sinner, and we cannot see ourselves as saints, beloved sons and daughters of God. Every one of us see ourselves at times as fearful, and we lack courage. Every one of us longs for God, but don't feel His presence at times in our lives because all of us at one time or another are like that little child that comes to Jesus. We're like that little one sitting on that green blanket. And what does Jesus do? What does Jesus do when these little, needy, unworthy Children are brought to him. He takes them in his arms. The first little phrase of verse 16 tells us that that he takes them in his arms. Literally, this, this could be translated is that Jesus scooped up the littles into a hug. Boy, how do you like that? Have you ever been there? There is nothing like it, right, to be scooped up in a big bear hug or to, or to have somebody come and run into your arms because they trust you enough that there is no distance that they want to be between you and them. I remember when, when Drew was little, one of the things he would do, he's like, squeeze me, daddy, squeeze me till it hurts just a little bit, <laughs> right? And I'd squeeze him, and he'd be like, oh, okay, right? Right? <laughs> To have Jesus be the person that, that scoops up those little ones and squeezes them, and they're just they're, they're so tight and they're so loved. I think the thing that this, this showed me this week is that the gift that Jesus gives is more generous than the request that's made. Is that so often we've, we've been disappointed, haven't we? Right? Part of the reason that, that that broken little one resides within it is because there have been people in our lives that they've, they've treated us in a way that, that, that has broken us, that, that we carry these, these memories of, of harshness. And sometimes we carry them in our bodies and we carry them in our minds and our spirits. And the reality is, is that we, we struggle to come to Jesus. We struggle to, to, to be uh, transparent about what's going on in our lives. Why? Because we have had our we, we, we've had our, our confessions. We've, we've had our realities undone or undercut by people. But, but the gift that Jesus gives here to, to these children, the gift that he offers to us is more generous than request. They had asked for a pronouncement of a religious rite. They had asked for Jesus to extend goodwill. But what they received is they received divine favor that came through the hands of God delivered to the little ones that he wrapped in a divine embrace. The gift is more generous than their request. The second thing we see here is that he placed his hands on them. He actually gave them what they, they, they had asked for. They, they came looking for Jesus to, to extend a blessing, and that, that's actually what he did. And the thing that this reminded me of was the fact that this laying on of hands is not necessarily commanded of rabbis, but it's commanded of fathers. It, it reminded me of the fact that when Jesus treats these children like children of his own, he reminds us that there are no orphans in the kingdom of God. You see, Kathy wasn't our mother, and she wasn't Michaela's grandmother, but boy, she was just as good as in that moment. It's that she pressed in, and although there was no blood relation there, there was a relation in the spirit. And when Jesus places his hands on this, and, and it reminds me kind of what I do with dedications or baptisms or things like that. So, so when we have a baby dedication or a baptism here, just understand that this just isn't about the baby and it's not just about the parents, it's about all of us. And you will be called to stand up in that moment, and you will be asked questions, because the reality is whoever it is i 'll never forget the day that we, we got Levi, my youngest nephew, my brother 's youngest boy, when he came home he 's adopted from Ethiopia, and we prayed over him. Uh, with my parents and Kathleen's parents, my brother, Amy and I, all the kids. And one of the things that we prayed is we prayed that God, all of us, any of us would be ready that the moment that Levi needed to encounter Jesus in some kind of a life-changing, life-giving way that we would be there to tell him the story of God's love, that he would receive and that he would know what it was like to have a family and to not be known as an orphan but to be known as a descendant of the people around him who loved him. That is what the church does, my friends. There are no orphans in the kingdom of God. And he blessed them. Jesus blessed them. And in in this way, he bestowed upon them what he had to give. Now, this, this may seem, seem, seem odd, but, but this idea of blessing is really kind of nebulous when you look at it. it. It literally means to act kindly towards or provide benefits to someone. Jesus gave them what He had. He gave them kindness. He gave them provision. But more than that, He moved toward them instead of away from them. As we think about what it means to receive blessing and we think about what it means to give away blessing, some of us, no doubt, are are sitting here this morning and we're thinking, but Dennis, all I have to give, all I have to offer is my brokenness. But here's the good news. With Jesus, that's enough. Well, Dennis, my story isn't great. My story is filled with all kinds of brokenness and all kinds of pain. Well, Well, Jesus can redeem that as well. As the worship team comes to, to get our, our final song, I was struck at the end of this, this passage by the fact that, well, well, what do I have to give? Well, sometimes, folks, all we have are our scarred hands. All we have is scarred hands, but as we've been reminded of before over the last several months, is that that's all Jesus has as well. Scarred hands to provide healing from the midst of pain and suffering. Hands that tell a story, a story of empathy and of grace. Folks, what what would it be like if there was an entire church filled with people that were willing to show grace? In direct proportion to the grace that we've received. What would it look like to be a church that would say, you know what, I have received such extravagant grace that that's what I'm going to extend to those that are around me? I gotta be honest, I don't remember the content of Kathy's prayer that day, but I remember her presence. I remember the blessing that she gave. I remember meeting Jesus afresh through the presence of my dear sister in Christ, a spiritual mother and a spiritual grandmother. I remember experiencing His grace and His love through her scarred hands. When I tell stories like this, people are like, what's the rest of the story? What happened? Well, we... We got this news from the doctor. We were overwhelmed, but God met us in, in that place. Kathy prayed for us. She laid hands on our daughter. She, she called out to the Lord. And then we took Michaela down to Children's Hospital in Columbus. And what we found was that the diagnosis wasn't dystrophy. It was severe stubbornness. <laughs> the doctor, and I quote, oh, she's strong. She's strong, very strong. She just doesn't want to push herself up. And folks, I look back on that moment, and here's, here's what I wonder. I wonder. Was it just a misdiagnosis where the doctor in Knox County, Ohio, didn't know what he was looking, didn't know what was going on, or he, he missed something, and he, he caused us undue pain and suffering? That's, that's really, really possible, and we get down to the, to the big hospital, and they told us what was right they told us what was really going on for sure but here's what I can't here's what I can't get past you see the difference the thing that happened between those diagnoses was that Kathy prayed and so whether it was a misdiagnosis on this end or whether it was something miraculous that happened in that moment on that little green blanket in that rundown church office Regardless, I know that I know that I know that Jesus met me with an unbelievable blessing in that space. That He met us. And it was in the midst of that pain and that trial and that heartache that I remembered through suffering that I am blessed. And that His scarred hands through her scarred hands, they met us. Folks, the reality is that we're never, we're not always going to get the, the, the answers that we want. Things aren't always going to work out the way that we want them to, but never, ever, ever forget this, is that Jesus meets us in the midst of our pain. And that those scarred hands, His scarred hands, cup around the ear of the father when we go to him in prayer that we are blessed because of his love and his life and his presence extended to each and every one of us and he will bless those around us if we will allow him through our scarred hands as well so, Father, we thank you now for these friends. We thank you for this good day, and we pray that you would meet us in this moment. Father, that you would help us to learn today more of what it means to be a blessing. To receive your blessing, to be a blessing to others. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen.
1: We will we'll sing our closing song, and we will also... Joyously give of our tithes and offerings to be a blessing to this church as we be a blessing to this community. So let's let's sing together.
3: Abram, he he gave him these these sort of these three things. He said, I'm going to give you a a place, I'm going to give you a people, and I'm going to make you a blessing. And the the idea with that third piece of the promise was that he wasn't going to bless him just so he could experience the blessing. He was giving him the blessing so that he could give that blessing away to others. So, my dear friends, Jesus can use your scarred hands. He can use your scarred hands to bless others. So go from this place this week, offering a blessing in His name, using what He's given, allowing the power of the resurrection to shine through your stories as you welcome other little ones who need to experience His grace and His mercy. And God's people said?